0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Guava Island in today's review episode. What's this? What's this? It's super colour, fragilistic, the alidocious. What is What is this? So uh, first update uh, after Monday's episode uh, I did find a place to take my computer to I talked to somebody figured it out uh, hopefully what we think the problem is um, there's uh, the, the guy was very optimistic about being able to save all the data save all the files save all everything um, and hopefully even get that to me uh, before uh, whatever is wrong with the computer needs to be fixed. Um, Thinks it's an OS problem. so uh, he seemed it seemed like he, he had seen something,' seen this before. So hopefully, uh, back up and running, uh, maybe an even in, maybe even in time for Friday's episode, uh, fingers crossed. So in the meantime, you know, just working off my laptop, which I've done before, so this isn't the biggest setback in the world, but it is um, frustrating. Everything runs slower, everything is outdated just a little bit. But today's episode is Guava Island. Guava Island. This is a new film from Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, uh, who stars in the film. He produced one of the producers on the film. Uh, I believe it's his brother who wrote the film. Most, a lot of Childish Gambino music is featured in the film. And uh, it's only 55 minutes long, so it's very short. It's on Amazon. You can check it out now uh, if you have Prime for free. And uh, it's a very easy, very quick watch uh, Co-stars Rihanna Leticia Wright, Nanso Anazi Among others And it's directed by Hiro Marai Who, if I'm not mistaken Is the uh, Directed the This Is America Music video That, that uh, Charles Gambino put out I think I'm not 100% sure on that The plot, uh, they live on this island And Um, We get this opening sequence uh, animated, uh, narrated by Rihanna about her um, blossoming relationship uh, between Rihanna, who plays Kofi, and Donald Glover, who plays Denny. And Denny is a musician, he plays the guitar, he sings, and Kofi is... uh, doesn't really get an identity the same way. Uh, she works at a factory. She is very happy on the island. She is very happy where she is. She loves the life of the island. She loves the people of the island. Whereas Denny enjoys the island, but dreams of bigger things, dreams of better things in his mind. And that's kind of the main rift between our, our main couple. Which, in at least in the film and how it plays out, is not a huge rift uh, at all. He, you know, he he plays. He's on the radio. He play. He has like his own radio show. He plays music on that. Uh, he, you know, the the main event in the film is a festival that he's holding, and he's gonna play music at the festival. He's gonna sing at the festival. He's going to to entertain the whole island, and. The festival supposed is supposed to be on Saturday night, and Nanso Anazi plays uh, the character of Red Cargo, and Red Cargo is he owns uh, one of the factories in on the island, maybe multiples. I don't know. He he he's definitely you know uh, a, a career power. On the island you know he he runs and owns the businesses he, he and then by extension you know runs and owns many of the people at the same time and so the principal conflict of the film beyond just um Kofi and Denny's relationship is Red Cargo does not want this festival to go to go on and go forward as planned because a late festival saturday means that the people going to it which is pretty much everybody are going to sleep in sunday and not go to work and sunday is an important day of working and the one of the things is that's kind of the reason he that's the reason he gives and I, I don't disagree that that's the reason that he wants them to you know he wants them to keep working fine but he makes it and, and i feel like there's a little bit of um exaggeration going on intentionally but he makes it seem like sunday is like the most important day of the week to be working which i gotta believe is false and this presumably means that everyone that works for him works seven days a week which is i mean that's that's its own you know can of worms to dive into honestly but you know for an island life that as we're told in the beginning is kind of idyllic to have To work every day of the week Doesn't sound really idyllic And none of them really have a job that seems uh, Enviable Uh, Rihanna sews She works in like a sewing factory She works with Letitia Wright's character uh, Who is Yara Uh, Yara and Kofi I don't know, we don't get a ton of scenes with them Most of the film follows Donald Glover's Denny And I I don't know, maybe I'm sounding a little lukewarm I I really enjoyed the vibe of this movie It's very, uh, you know, bohemian, Hawaiian, island It it really fits that idea You know, what you would expect that to look like It looks like in this And, you know, when, when the movie breaks for like a three minute interlude For Donald Glover to sing This is America While factory machinery you know creates the music behind him like that is really great and and the song is you know just ever so slightly modified uh to to fit a little better into the movie but it it all it, it the, the 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 presentation of it is is very beautiful and and I think very well done it's a film uh, that looks great the the cinematography is beautiful it has a just a touch of kind of um like old timiness to it you know uh, the the, there's i don't know if it would be necessarily a filter but to describe it as a filter it's just like it looks like something that was filmed in like the 80s or maybe even 70s or older uh and just gives it that authenticity and gives it that that not meaning but but kind of meaning um there's i don't know four or five songs throughout the short you know 55 minutes of only childish Gambino music and not that i don't enjoy that because i do but you cast i i guess rihanna was cast in this uh i don't, I don't know the circumstances of what got her into this movie but you cast Rihanna in a musical, and then she doesn't sing, was kind of bizarre, which makes the film a little more of um, this sort of passion project, purely for Donald Glover. Uh, it, it, you know, it it kind of feels... Um, I don't know. It, it, it just... I feel like there's a missed opportunity there. Like, even just have her sing a Childish Gambino song, you know? It doesn't have to be her music if that was an issue. But it it, it kind of hammers home the notion that she is definitely a supporting character to Denny's movie, uh, which is a shame because, I don't know, Rihanna, not really the best actor in the world, uh, if you've seen Battleship, but um, she's... Decent in this, she's fine in this, Letitia Wright Is good in this, Nonso Anasi is good in this And I think all of them could have had A lot more to do And maybe that would have just been, you know, making the movie 20 minutes longer, who knows But I liked The length of the movie, I think it has A succinct path, a succinct trajectory It has a purpose, and it Follows and and satisfies that purpose Very swiftly And um, the final shot. So, not to spoil, no spoilers. The final shot slash scene slash sequence of the film um, is probably my favorite looking in the whole movie. It's it's a gorgeous. It's it's perhaps the most colorful scene in the film. It it matter manages to uh, encapsulate the the characters involved in it and and what they're feeling and what they're going through and what just happened to them by the at this by the end of this movie and how it's going to change them moving forward um, and I think that that is kind of the, a good thing I think that is exactly what you want the last shot of your movie to do you want it to take everything that's come before filter that through one, two, maybe three characters, and show the future for them. In in somehow, that's a that's a that's a lot of weight to put on one scene, one shot. And I think uh, Hiro Murai and uh, Stephen Glover do it very, very well. Uh, this is a well-written movie. I think Donald Glover is, gives a great performance. Um, easy when you're singing a lot of your music, but. Even outside of that, uh, there's a scene early on where he's um, robbed by some kids that I thought was great, and I thought he he played that scene really really well. And um, I don't know, it's just it's just a good fun movie that it's not heavy, it's not gonna you know ask a lot of you. And at 55 minutes, you know what what else are you doing? That's Pretty much it, you know, there's not a lot to really go Into, uh, regarding Guava Island, uh, I did End up giving it, I think, a 70 Don't have my spreadsheet, while well, the Computers, that's a whole other thing But, um, yeah I think it's, it's a 70-71 One of those low 70 scores, so Not exceptional, not a masterpiece But I did really enjoy it, and I thought it was A lot of fun Um, so, not To, I don't know, well, i don't know. It's only been like 12 minutes, 13 minutes into this episode. Um, Beyond that, I guess I guess I'll tack this on. I'll tack this on. I saw the Curse of uh, La Llorona yesterday, and I guess I can speak to that for just a second. I saw it in IMAX, and I don't think the movie warrants seeing it in IMAX. It comes out this weekend, and this is another film in the Conjuring universe. Of films. Uh, this one takes place in 1973. Uh, the, the movie is. Uh, I'm not a huge Conjuring Universe fan. I think the first one is fine. I think I, li- I liked the first Conjuring movie. But everything after that has been whatever to bad. And I'm uh grain of salt i'm i'm maybe one of the worst people for quote unquote conventional horror movies a lot of jump scares just a a thing that goes bump in the night you know i i prefer either satirical horror movies or, or a little more artistic heady horror movies like a hereditary like an us like a it follows or something and so so i didn't really expect myself to enjoy Curse of La Yorona. and I didn't. I guess I, I didn't really like it. I thought one or two moments were interesting. I, I think the the biggest thing was oh, make sure I get this name right. I think it's Victor Hector Cruz, who plays. Um, geez, why are there so many? There like the 10th result on Letterboxd when you search for La Llorona. Uh, Raymond Cruz. Had Cruz right. Raymond Cruz was not one of the main characters. He's not one of the kids. He's not um, Linda Cardellini. He plays the kind of like spiritual medium guy who knows what to do and knows how to beat back the demon spawn cursed crying lady. And he is low-key the, the, the best part of this movie. I thought he had such great comedic timing. He's probably the only comedic element in the movie. And yet still manages to put on a, a competent horror performance. Uh, despite really only being in the second half of the movie. I I think this is like a garbage movie without him. And it's not a good movie with him, but it is a lot more tolerable. Uh, and uh, it just—the problem is just—it's—it's it, it's flickering lights and shadows, and then a monster pops out, and then more flickering light and shadows, and then a monster pops out, and out like, hold hold, let me let me. So we go on a tangent of some. There's two moments I could point to that I think are really well done from a technical perspective. One of them, the daughter, Linda Cardellini's daughter, is outside. It's raining. She's gone out. She's in her um, rain boots and rain jacket, and she's got a nice big umbrella, see-through umbrella. And she hears the titular La Llorona crying, and We've this isn't the first time this has happened in the movie so we kind of have an idea of what this means and what's going to happen and she follows the source of the crying and there's nothing there. And then a big strong gust of wind rips the umbrella out of her hands. And she slowly like pursues it and it keeps, you know, getting blown further and further away from her until she has to pull it out of a pool. And There's a moment in this sequence where she has the umbrella in her hands and it's by the ground. And she picks it up. Or or no, she's like holding it out in front of her. And she looks up through the umbrella. You can see La Llorona through the umbrella. And then, as one would, she whips the umbrella up over top of her to get a better look at what this sort of distorted image was. And it's gone. And that, I don't know, it sounds very simple. I, I thought of all the different, like, jumpy, surprise, she's there moments in this movie, that was one of the more effective ones for me. Now, the other, thing, other scene that I really enjoyed is one of the first scenes in the movie. And I got a lot to say, a lot to say about this, because it's the first scene we get with Linda Carnolini and her family, Um, We follow her and her kids through the house. The camera swerves around corners and through hallways and doorways and upstairs, downstairs, that kind of thing. uh, In one unbroken shot. And I, you know, this is like the first scene we get in the, quote, in present day of the film. And I was really interested by it. It was a really, I liked how... Um, Chavez chose to present this introduction to this family. I think it serves to show, you know, how frenetic their life is because she is a single mother. She has a lot of work to do to keep these two kids, you know, up and running to try to, try to catch the school bus. It works, and therein lies. And I remember thinking this in the theater, like, okay, this is a great start. What more do you have? Because If a movie is, you know, has rising action with a climax and falling action, I think the elements of the movie should follow and should work in tandem with that action, rising, falling, etc. And I think if you're going to present a scene early in the movie, shot really well, shot with, with a particular style, in a particular way to show a particular thing, and then the next 80 minutes of your movie... Is just conventional. Why did you elevate this one moment? And I think that's pretty much exactly what this movie does. It elevates this first shot we get with this family, gives us this long shot, long take. Um, you know, gives us this this sort of perfect introduction to this family, and then it's like he it didn't care about the rest of the movie and making it look crisp, making it look. Uh, unique making it look different or or fun or or well made even you know it's it's just the rest of it is just oh it's you know what could be behind this corner what could be in these shadows and and I think it it suffers and I think you know contrary to like you have this better scene at the beginning of the movie and rather than improve what someone may think it only serves to be hey this is what's to come from the rest of this movie except it isn't because this is the best shot sequence and everything else after this is is just pedestrian by comparison and so now you've kind of let down your audience and i think that's a big um mistake and a big problem um that this movie has and i i this isn't the only time i've ever seen it i it's uh, I guess another movie I would cite as having this problem is *The Commuter* from last year. Uh, I thought there's an opening sequence montage that they that film has, where we're introduced to the family, we're introduced to Liam Neeson and his wife and their relationship and how that ha- progressed and has happened over the last you know months, years, whatever. And I thought that, the, that montage was shot really compellingly and really interesting and was you know different and unique and and set a Sort of a cut above what I kind of expected going into a movie like that, and then the rest of it was just normal. Like none, of, none, of the rest of the movie was just whatever, and um, it's kind of frustrating. So, the Curse of La Llorona is, um, I don't know, it's not worth seeing. Watch uh, Watch Guava Island instead. That's all. That's what I. That's what I'm gonna say. Um, And I think that's it Uh, So I got the Guava Island So Friday's episode Fingers crossed I will have my desktop back by then Um, At the very least Hopefully I get most of my Data back Um, Either way uh, Thank you for listening to today's episode It means a lot to me If you would like to support the show Listen to more episodes Whatever there's website, circlefilm.com, iTunes, whatever podcast listener you use that you found this on. Um, or Patreon.com slash CircleOfFilm for as little as 8 cents an episode. You can follow me on CircleOfFilm uh, Circle on Twitter. Uh, Circle of Film on CircleOfFilm on Letterbox, circlefilm at gmail.com. Send emails. Love all of that. Um, that's it, though. Thank you. And as always, have a week. So long farewell, I'll be to say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she fades from fear. So long farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love. One night in the name of love. So long farewell, oh I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long